We're back for Hour 2. I'm Randy Corcoran. Good to have you here. Saturday night, Veterans Day. And, wow, the weather forecast was fantastic. And just a quick reminder before we go to the phones, Mary, you'll be out of the gate first. The 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month. That's what Armistice Day was all about. That's when World War I, the major fighting was done. The armistice with Germany. And uh, even President Socialist Woodrow Wilson issued a pretty powerful statement about Armistice Day and how the country had come together, industry and and really the world. Um, in 1926, Congress asked conservative and one of the best conservative Republican presidents ever, Calvin Coolidge, to issue an annual proclamation to observe on November 11th appropriate ceremonies to celebrate the armistice from World War I, and then a congressional act some uh, 12 years later made November 11th each year a legal holiday and uh, was still being celebrated I guess the quote from that proclamation that I had pulled up earlier, a day to be dedicated to the cause of world peace and to be thereafter celebrated and known as Armistice Day. And then eventually it was changed to Veterans Day to not just celebrate World War I heroes, but all of our amazing men and women, past and present and future, on Veterans Day, and we, of course, are doing our part. We played, uh, and I guess you can't go back and get the podcast, but you could certainly pull up the national anthem because the music's scrubbed from the podcast now. Licensing requires it, I guess. But we played the national anthem, Whitney Houston version, from the Super Bowl, and that was um, that was the first time that the Super Bowl was broadcast into virtually not every country in the world, but so many countries in the world, and it's such a great and powerful rendition. So before we grab Mary, it's going to take just one second because we got a text in that says, Roseanne Barr sounded unhinged, and anyone who thinks that was not totally crazy is unhinged as well. Hmm. I'm not so sure. Let's just hear it one more time. Aren't we all fed up with the deep state bullshit? Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> and yeah. the balls. <laughs> we want Trump, the Magador, to kill that damn ball. And the bullshit. The mumbler in the back, Charlie Sykes, that's from the Bulwark Never Trumper podcast. And I'd say Roseanne's a little amped up there and standing in front of 10,000 plus people. And, uh, you know, the curse words. Oh, my goodness. Woe is me. Cry me a river. Uh, But I love the use of Magador. We want Trump to be the Magador to end the deep... To kill the bull, end the deep state bull bleep. I just thought it was terrific. And uh, for the one lone texter who objects, all I can say is thank you for listening. We got some great audio for you tonight, and we're going to get to some of it here pretty soon. But 
we got to get to our phone calls first. I think, isn't this the first lady of the show? I think it is. Mary, Mary in Denver, welcome back. Thank you. Um, there's something about Nikki Haley that nobody brings up, and I can understand why. But I can't imagine, we don't hear much about her ideas for dealing with foreign governments. I can't imagine her going to Saudi Arabia and trying to deal with them or North Korea or China or even Russia because she's a woman and they don't respect women women at all that, why would they put up with her Mary that is a fascinating point it, the if if Nikki were and this is never going to happen at least not this round if Nikki Haley were to become president of the United States and she took a trip to the Middle East would she wear the hijab would she be expected to? Would she be required to? It just, ugh, I, I, but you're right. I don't you know. care what she wears. They'd make mincemeat out of her. She's no Margaret Thatcher. You know, and her record in her state is, is just not that spectacular. The one thing that gave me so much hope and promise for Ron DeSantis in 2028, I mean, he's blown his opportunities, I think, by running in 2024 against Trump. But because he delivered, he went to a state that was trending Democrat, that that sometimes gave its electoral colleges to Democrats, that had all kinds of voter and election shenanigans until DeSantis won and got rid of the long time, I forget the title that they give to their election manager in one of their biggest counties. Uh, this woman was just simply corrupt, but DeSantis has gone and delivered. Uh, Nikki Haley really never did. She didn't become a conservative bastion that people refer to like they do to Santos while she was governor of North Carolina. Well, I no one talks about it, of course. You know, that's yeah. a touchy subject. You know, we do we want a woman that would we want a woman this time to deal with those countries? Well, I, I would be okay with a woman. I, I really would uh, the right woman, a strong woman. I would just be curious as to whether they um, you know, wore their presidency as a, of the United States as a badge of honor or would, you know, step down and bow like we saw um, Joe yeah. Biden do and, and Obama do to kings and and put on the hijab and, you know, all of those things. I For me, and well, uh, you North know, Korea would be really tough. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, we're going to watch Nikki Haley cross the demilitarized zone, right? I mean, my goodness, my goodness. Hey, you know, anyway. I've forgotten to ask prior callers, but it just just occurred to me to ask you, do you think that Ken Buck should resign now if he's not going to run again, if he's turning his back on his voters, on his constituents, on the Republican base, if he's taking the, uh, you know, J6 was an insurrection path in his conversations and his job applications to CNN and MSLSD, should he just step down now? Just go. Yeah. Just yeah. get out of there because he, he's going to vote the wrong way anyway. Well, you know, that's the sad part. I mean, in, in most cases, he votes very, very well. But he obviously he hasn't done his homework on J6. He hasn't done his homework on the election. There's absolutely no doubt about that. And I'll tell you, Mary, I've reached out to him a couple of times. I saw him at a Lincoln dinner a month and a half, two months ago. It was one of the first political events I went to after my wife unexpectedly passed away. So 
I was trying to get myself back in the game. And uh, since he announced he won't run again, I've reached out twice so far. And we had a fine conversation there. We've been friends for a long time, but not a response yet. So, um, no. I don't know. No, he's done. He's done in Colorado. That's for sure. That is absolutely for sure. Mary, thank you for waiting. It's nice to hear from you. Have a wonderful evening. Thank you. All right. God bless. Let's. Um, there's so much of this. You know what? While we're, I think what we'll start with. I took one other cut off of this bulwark, the bulwark podcast, the Never Trumper group founded by the alleged pedophiles or pedophile, I forget which it is, um, with Charlie Sykes and A.B. Stoddard. And they they had some comments. You can That's the mumbling you could hear, like what you heard underneath the Roseanne Barr announcement. I love this text. Actually, Roseanne, this is wonderful. Actually, Roseanne sounds like Hillary Rodham Clinton, if you close your eyes. There's some truth to that. Let's just play a, minute, a few seconds of this. Wow. Yeah, she's I I agree. I didn't even have to close my eyes, Texter. She sounds like HRC. That is pretty hilarious. But let's start bringing in some of this audio. It's so good. Vivek Ramaswamy really took advantage of the moment. And I predict they're doing these debates about once a month. I can't imagine Chris Christie sticking around much longer. I think we're going to be, and and Tim Scott, God love him, um, just not catching fire anywhere. Not the right person for the times that we're in right now. Not the right tone, not the right message, not the right, I don't know, conveyance of strength. We need some aggression. We need some power to push back on what's been done to the world, to this country for the last couple of years. But I would not be surprised if Vivek and DeSantis and Nikki Haley take these debates pretty much to the end because they've they've shown staying power and they've shown power. Vivek was on fire, and he's being at the last debate that I attended, the one at the Reagan Library. Nikki Haley called him out for utilizing TikTok, and we all, well. Most of us understand the dangers, the evils of TikTok, how they drain our information, how they are indoctrinating our children. But Vivek at debate three, man, he was ready. I want to laugh at why Nikki Haley didn't answer your question, which is about looking at families in the eye. In the last debate, she made fun of me for actually joining TikTok while her own daughter was actually using the app for a long time. So you might want to take care of your family first. Leave my daughter out of your voice. The next generation of Americans are using it. That's actually the point. You have her supporters crapping her up. That's fine. Here's the truth. You're just scum. You're just scum. Wow. And, you know, I've heard the commentary, Vivek, you don't go after people's children. But it's our children who are being attacked the most by TikTok, by the transgender mentality, by the kids don't tell your parents and schools don't tell the parents. The cutting off of genitals, the drugging, the the hormones to change a young child's life forever, to get sterilized, to it's just so sad. And more and more young people who transitioned are coming out and talking about the horrors of it, just how bad it has been. 
but she criticized him for utilizing TikTok. And his response there was, uh, number one, that's where the young people are. So until we do something about it, if it's a tool and it's what young people are listening to, I'm going to utilize it to get out my great messages. And Vivek has some some good messages, some stuff I scratch my head over. But that's not the point. This is all show and theater right now. None of these people are going to be the Republican nominee. None of them is going to be the Republican nominee. But for him to say, look, your daughter is into her 30s now. That's another thing I didn't know. Was that a caller or who pointed that out? A texter maybe. No, I think it was the last caller. It's going so fast I can't keep up with it all. That that her daughter is in her 30s and is on TikTok, not not a 10-year-old, not a 14-year-old or whatever. Was it really so awful that he pointed out that uh, that mom's daughter, presidential candidate Nikki Haley's daughter, while Nikki Haley talks about the dangers of China and how we have to you know, send money to Ukraine to stop Russia and China, that her own daughter is on TikTok? I don't know that that's such a horrible thing, but it gets a whole lot better than that. The only response Haley had was scum, whatever. Let's get to Joan in Lakewood, who's been patiently waiting. Welcome to the show, Joan. Hi, Randy. I've missed you. Well, thank you. I am grateful uh, to be back. I can tell you that. So I um, have been listening to you say, should 10 bucks leave now and I was sitting here going well if Ken Buck leave now would there be a special election or would he be his seat be appointed by the governor no I think the governor and I'm I should have looked at this to be sure but here's my recollection if we because there are only two senators in the state and they represent the entire state the governor. He's not a the, I, I know. Let me finish. Okay, the governor. Okay. The governor would appoint a replacement senator to fill the void to the next election. Okay. But I think the con- congressional, um, you know, the CD. What is he? CD four. The CD four um, Colorado GOP congressional delegates would form a vacancy committee and probably fill that seat. That is my guess. Having never gone through it or supervised one before. I think that's how it works. Oh, well, thanks for enlightening me on that, because I've been hearing how they were running so hard to have uh, the governor in um, Kentucky be a Republican governor because um, Mitch McConnell might um, have a problem. Yeah, Mitch McConnell might freeze up and and not unfreeze. So it's definitely a concern there. but. That's why governors appoint senators because they're they're statewide. But uh, for a congressional wow. district, I think the congressional committee would be the ones to um, to form a vacancy and fill that temporarily. Well, thanks for letting me know. Thanks for calling in, Joan. Have a good rest of your weekend. Bye. Bye. Joan's line is open three zero three six nine six nineteen seventy one. We're up against the break again. Text message: Hi, Randy. Did you know Ken Buck was one of the few that voted? Not to sanction Rashida Tlaib. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. And I know, you know, the free speech argument, we shouldn't be censoring or sanctioning people's speech. Really? Anti-Semitic speech? 
anti-Semitism emanating from Congress. And certain Republicans think it's wrong to go ahead and sanction those people. I'll tell you what, I sure as heck had no objection to, in my vote on the RNC, when we had the opportunity to sanction, to censure Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger. What is wrong with a unified voice against evil, against bad actors? What's wrong with that? The left uses it all the time. The left does it all the time. Before we run to the break, I was I meant, noticed a couple of our CBS news breaks. And the first one, you know, they're focusing on Israel cutting off Gaza's main hospital. You know anybody who's paying attention, who reads just a little bit out of the corrupt, coordinated, Democrat-controlled media machine box knows that Hamas uses schools, Hamas uses hospitals, Hamas uses private homes and residential areas to hide their leadership, to coordinate their attacks. Israel is doing what it has to do. And because of pressure from the Biden administration, pressure from you know, certain world leaders who, uh, who would never behave this way if their own country was under attack, had, su- had suffered a terrorist attack like we did on 9-11, like Israel did on, what was it, October 11th? But no, the calls are for more than pauses. Israel said, we'll pause, we'll give people a little time to leave, and then we're getting back to business. And what are you getting on propaganda networks, on the corrupt, coordinated, Democrat-controlled media machine? Oh, Israel's cutting off Gaza's main hospital, ignoring calls for more than just these pauses. Thank God for Benjamin Netanyahu and his determination to eradicate Hamas once and for all. And then on the last news break, they're talking about, oh, government shutdown. Only six days to avoid another government shutdown. And what do we got? We've got Speaker Mike Johnson. I don't know, man. The jury's going to be out on this guy. He's not John Boehner. I don't think he's Paul Ryan. He is certainly not Jim Jordan. He said he's come out publicly and said we don't have enough evidence to impeach Joe Biden. Really? No, not enough evidence to impeach Hunter Biden's laptop, 84, I think it is, thousand, is it 87,000? I get confused in the thousands between IRS agents that uh, Biden wants and the amount of pseudonyms that he used on these tens of thousands of emails that have been uncovered in the National Archives. Checks now, actual checks of money going to Joe Biden from family members after they received money from China. So much more. The Democrats, they had nothing with which to impeach Donald Trump. Nothing. They had the Russia, Russia, Russia lie. The January 6th misrepresentation of what Trump did, what John Eastman did, what the vast majority of patriots did. Didn't stop them because it's a political action. We're heading into an election season. And now we got Mike Johnson saying there's not enough evidence to impeach and we better pass a stopgap spending bill. Another one. Another stopgap to just keep the fund funding pouring in. 
absolutely, well, concerning. I know Mike Johnson's in a difficult position as well, but... uh, Man, don't get me started. I'll talk right through the break. We better take it right now. You're listening to Wake Up with Randy Corcoran on 710 KNUS. Yeah, that's one, Blake, we ought to put away for Memorial Day weekend. That's a very appropriate song for that. Loretta Lynn back in 1966, and we did get Blake's stamp of approval, which is rare for my bumper music, I just got to tell you, but uh, he liked that one. And <laughs> But, you know, we're just... Uh, trying to pay tribute to veterans in whatever way we can. And I think one of the best ways that uh, just regular old citizens can pay tribute to the men and women who put their lives and their all on the line for us is to stand up and say, no, no more. This will not stand. This will not happen. We will not allow it to continue everywhere you look around and more and more people are waking up to the incredibly dangerous times we're living in not because we can't stop the invasion at our southern border not because we can't begin producing energy again and lower the price and the interest rates on everything because it's all been done before it was done magnificently during the trump administration if trump gets reelected it will get done quickly again you you know that that's true We can reestablish world security. We can reestablish and continue to pursue actual peace in the Middle East. So close in so many ways until Biden got installed as president of the United States and changed everything. Absolutely disgusting. All right, let's get to the phones with Arnie in Littleton. Thanks for waiting and welcome. Hey, Randy. Hello. So, uh, can you hear me? I can hear you well. Okay. Um, well, let's see. I'm a uh, Air Force veteran and just turned 80 this year. Wow. And thank, um, first, thank you for your service, sir. Thank you yeah. very much. Happy it Veterans a, Day to a, you. It was a fun go. I didn't have any real trouble. I worked in the uh, ballistic missiles in North Dakota. Wow. And, um, so, uh, here's what I did on the debate. I put everybody's name down, and I gave them a rating of either zero, one, or three. So zero was for avoiding an answer or a bad answer, and a one if they gave a an answer that was decent but poor, and a three if it was really good. Love and that. I, and I, I graded every single question topic that they were asked, and here's the way the score added up. I didn't come out and name one person at the top, but they both – the 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 numbers added up, and it had Chris Christie and um, uh, DeSantis were the two that had the highest score on my way of doing it. Excellent. Were there any particular responses that they made that stand out in your mind? Looking back, or I know it all kind of jumbles yeah. together. Go ahead. No, I've it, I had comments I wrote down for each one. I did not like um, the um, what's the lady's name from Georgia. Um, um oh the the uh moderator? No, the the You mean Nikki uh, Haley from North Nikki Carolina? Haley, yeah, North Carolina. My name, you know that's yeah. what happens when you get to be 80. <laughs> um Nikki Haley went back way too many times complaining about something that somebody else said. And so I put that down as a negative. Uh, I thought that um 
the the um, the guy from um, Scott, I thought he gave he his answers were too wordy and too rambling, and um, and then the other comment that I wrote down, I do not like that guy Ramswathy or however you pronounce his name. I don't like him at all. I would never vote for him. As a matter of fact, if it were he on the ticket with some Democrat, I probably would not vote hmm. because I don't I could care less about him. He just first of all, he's too green. He doesn't know anything about international relations. And um, I, I just it, it, when it comes right down to it, the way that I evaluate these people is I say, who do you want sitting across the table from the criminal Putin or the other criminal Jing? From China, yeah, and that would have to be Donald Trump. It's hard to imagine Nikki Haley, and I've said all night, North Carolina, it's South Carolina, that she was the governor of, but uh, um, I, I can't imagine her in that seat. Vivek, um, eh, I don't know. The I've met him. I've spent a little bit of time with him. I've talked to him. He's got one of the sharpest minds I've ever been around. This guy reads something one time, and he he, he really. He really does his homework, and I did not listen to the debate. The debate, my clips are mostly all Vivek tonight. Yeah. Um, but you have to admit he has developed a great grasp. He refers to specific policies, specific histories, specific numbers, different things at different times. But he is very, very young, and there are certain things yeah. that he talks about with regarding Israel and. And a multitude of topics that I'd really have to spend some time trying to absorb. But I'll tell you what, man, if it's him versus, and it won't be, it's going to be Trump. But if it was him versus Michelle Obama or him versus Gavin Newsom, uh, you'd have to go in and pull the trigger for Vivek, wouldn't you? I uh, I would not. Huh. I just, I don't, I think the guy, I think the guy has, uh, number one, because he's, he's so... Uh, somewhat naive on on the international stage that he would get us into more trouble than he would get us out of. And so it's it, in my opinion, it's got to be Donald Trump. He's the only one with balls to sit across from Putin and Xing to uh, be able to uh, guide everything for the next four years. And so it's it's got to be that way. Or um, like I said, the only other two that came out in my in my evaluation was uh, uh, was Christie and um, and DeSantis uh, and DeSantis. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I think and those I, are. I did like the I did like DeSantis comment about uh, taking out the drug cartels and imposing a uh, a shoot to kill policy on the drug dealers coming across the border. Yeah, that is very very popular and uh and it's strong what I where he loses me a little bit is and all of them do any of them that talk about um sending our military forces into Mexico to go after the cartels. Uh, to me, uh that's a violation of another nation's sovereignty. You've got to be invited in before you can be sending in special forces or anybody else to do something like that. And the, those, you know, I think DeSantis has talked about that, and, and he's he's sort of, you know, one of your guys who's a possibility. Um, I'll tell you what I would say about Vivek, and I don't think, I think this is all just conversation, Arnie, because Donald Trump has got the nomination sewed up. But if it wound up for some wild reason being a Vivek Ramaswamy versus any of these socialists and communists coming in from the Democrat side, I would just encourage you to see... 
how his conversations, his perspectives, his positions change uh, after he gets through this primary. Because you remember, there's it's a different conversation during a primary, and then you got to oh, yeah. shift to general election. But uh, he's pretty darn smart. I don't know that he'd be or that he would be allowed to, you know, with good advisors and all of that to get us into a whole lot of trouble. And he's, you know, he's he has made his billions starting out with virtually nothing working on the international stage. So he's got international business down. I'm not sure he's so dumb he couldn't grab international politics as well. But fortunately for you and me, Arnie, I don't think we're going to have to worry about that. Yeah. Well, the other the other thing that's bothersome about whether of whoever's the president and that is I don't understand what the problem is with uh and I don't understand why the military hasn't stepped forward if their if their purpose in business is to defend the United States. Why don't we have you know, thousands of U.S. troops on the border to protect us from that. And why, when Speaker of the House Mike Johnson says we don't have enough to impeach Biden, they, they don't need the crimes. They don't need the corruption. They don't need the checks from China and the money to Ukraine. Biden has failed to uphold the law as is required by his office by not sealing our border by not enforcing our immigration policy that's impeachable i don't know why mike johnson doesn't get that well i think the rest of the american public gets it because i get it easily and uh and i i I just don't think like a lot of republicans that we have i just don't think they have the guts to do anything yeah, it's it's terrifying. All talk and bluster, and then when they get the chance, get into office, do nothing, just make deals with the left, allow us to slide ever, you know, more slowly, but ever more consistently down the communist drain. And uh, I'm with yeah. you, Arnie. What a great conversation. 80 years old, too, and a military veteran. Happy Veterans Day to you, sir, and thank you so much for yep. calling in. All righty. Man, oh, man, we get some good ones around here, and uh, I just love it. We've still got a lot of audio from the debate, and I really can't wait. We'll do it in the third hour, final hour of the show, the uh, Ted Cruz on Bill Maher, especially when he takes on Bill about elections and election fraud. Phone calls keep pouring in as well. We'll get to more of those when we return, but it's time for a break. 642, you're listening to Wake Up with Randy Corcoran here on 710 KNUS. American soldier Toby Keith, as we continue to pay tribute to our veterans, past, present, and future here on Wake Up with Randy Corcoran, 710-KNUS. And what a pleasure it was to speak with an 80-year-old veteran just a few moments ago who uh, really was paying attention to that third Republican debate. I thought that was a wonderful conversation. And if you missed it, you can grab the podcast later on. Welcome back. Our phone number, 303-696-1971. 696-1971. Text messages continue. And uh, the way you get to those is to download the 710 KNUS app absolutely free. You can listen to our shows and our podcasts, any shows and podcasts from 710 KNUS anytime, anywhere. Crystal clear signal no matter where you are as long as you have a connection to the Internet. So much audio I want to share with you, but uh, phone calls keep coming in, so let's get to David in Thornton, and welcome to the show, David. Thank you for taking my call. I was going to tell you about Donald Trump. Uh, his uh, drum music is 
probably the best because it fits him. I'm proud to be an American. Yes. In the land that I am free. And he plays that every time when he gets in front of a stage. And that tells you who he is, an American. Boy, do I agree with you, David. And if you stick around through the third hour of the show, you're going to hear us playing that, too, as we uh, wrap up the show on this Veterans Day, because such a great song, and it is emblematic and a great reminder of a great president and a great patriot, Donald Trump. You got that right, but... I mean, I just wait for him to walk up on stage and hear that song. And then all those people, USA, 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 you know, it just turns that crowd right on. And David, nobody ever. I've been, you know, I've been a political activist now for, what, 14 years maybe. And, you know, used to watch political stuff when I wasn't that involved or interested. Nobody. Nobody fires up people like this guy still. And uh, that's very, very exciting. Did you hear, David, did you hear the on the news break they played bumbling, buffoon, putative president Joe Biden talking about Veterans Day? His, it's just such an embarrassment thinking of this stumbling, girl-touching, child-sniffing idiot in charge of our military right now on this Veterans Day. It's It's disgusting. What's even more disgusting is uh, knowing that he's uh, really only holds the title. Obama is the president. Yeah, yeah, no, there's clearly he's a puppet, no doubt about it. They're positioning Michelle to step in when they finally run him out, and uh, we're going to be looking at uh, whoever the Republican nominee is against Michelle Obama. Uh, I've been talking about that for the last year and a half, thanks in part to the great work by my friend filmmaker Joel Gilbert. Uh, but slowly and surely, it seems more and more likely every single day. Well, I'm not too sure. I think maybe Gruesome Newsom. Gruesome Newsom. Gruesome Newsom. You know, that may be the guy it. to look out for, you know, but I call him Gruesome Newsom. Oh, my God, when you see what's happening in California, it's so awful. It is so sad, such a beautiful place to be. I was grateful that when I was there for the second Republican debate that I was able to just take cars from airports to Reagan Library to the hotel. Because when you drive by some of the formerly beautiful places and see what they've allowed to happen there, just like downtown Denver, uh, it breaks your heart. I was stationed in Camp Pendleton, you know, which is right out of Oceanside, California, there. And uh, at that whole area, La Jolla, uh, you know, Laguna Beach, I mean, those places are just so awesome, and they've ruined it. Very, very sad and expensive, and people are fleeing. More people leaving California than going in. First time in history over the last couple years under the watch of Gruesome Newsome. Love that, Mont. Um, that's going to stick. That's a good one, Dave. Yeah, you know, you know, they had uh, they said one of the biggest businesses going right now in California is U-Haul trucking. That's <laughs> right. They're, move, they're, they're moving out. People are moving out. Gruesome. Uh, U-Haul is just taking, making a lot of bucks now. Well, and the problem is they don't get those trucks back. Cause, you know, because it used to be that you know a U-Haul truck would leave California and two would go to California. Now three leave and one comes back. It's really 
really a sad state of affairs. And if, if Gruesome Newsom's the nominee, there's going to be a lot of work to do to expose who he is, what he stands for, and what he's done to that beautiful state. Yeah, remember that name, Gruesome Newsom. Count on it. It's perfect rhyme. I love it. Thank you so much. Have a great weekend, David. You too. David's line is open, 303-696-1971, 696-1971. Been itching to share with you some of this audio, and uh, we probably won't get to it before the start of the final hour of the show, uh, but there is a counterpoint. This is Vivek Ramaswamy. He starts out by taking pretty solid swipe at RNC chairwoman Rana McDaniel, who I've been working with now during my first term for the last three and a half years. Uh, and then on the other side, we'll play an opportunity that Rana had when she went on the Laura Ingram show to defend her record. But let's uh, let's tune into Vivek. I think there's something deeper going on in the Republican Party here. And I am upset about what happened last night. We've become a party of losers at the end of the day. We a cancer in the Republican establishment. Let's speak the truth. I mean, since Ronna McDaniel took over as chairwoman of the RNC in 2017, we have lost 2018, 2020. 2022, no red wave that never came. We got trounced last night in 2023. And I think that we have to have accountability in our party. For that matter, Ron, if you want to come on stage tonight, you want to look the GOP voters in the eye and tell them you resign, I will turn over my, yield my time to you. And frankly, look, the people there are cheering for losing in the Republican Party. Think about who's moderating this debate. This should be Tucker Carlson, Joe Rogan, and Elon Musk. We'd have 10 times the viewership asking questions that GOP primary voters actually care about and bringing more people into our party. You think the Democrats, and we've got Christian Welker here, you think the Democrats would actually hire Greg Gutfeld to host a Democratic debate? They wouldn't do it. And so the fact of the matter is, I mean, Christian, I'm going to use this time because this is actually about you and the media and the corrupt media establishment. Ask you the Trump-Russia collusion hoax that you pushed on this network for years. Was that real or was that Hillary Clinton made up disinformation? Answer the question. Go. Mr. Ross, this is how we get our country back. Accountability, because this media rigged the 2016 election. They rigged the 2020 election with the Hunter Biden laptop story. Mr. Ramaswamy, and they're going to rig this election. Your time is up. Accountability. Let me turn That's to Governor, Governor Christie. Why you? Audience, audience, let's not do this. Let, let's not do this. Let's let the candidates speak. Yeah, let's not do this. Let's let the candidates speak. And you heard multiple times during that debate. I heard it when I was getting some of these clips out of it. Uh, Lester Holt having to lecture the audience, let's not do this, we want to hear from these people. But man, Ramaswamy doing a Trump going after the media and calling them out for their lies about Russia, 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 about Donald Trump, and pulling no punches when it came to Ronna McDaniel. We come back on the other side, we'll hear uh, Ronna's opportunity on the Laura Ingram show to defend her record and push back a little bit. But I got to tell you, Laura Ingram was taking no prisoners at all. We'll have the final hour of the show coming up. 303-696-1971. More Wake Up with Randy Corcoran when we return.